big night tonight in Christchurch. We've got the Black Clash. We've got New Zealand cricket up against New Zealand rugby. We spoke earlier with the TAB. All the money is on Peter Fulton scoring the most runs. No pressure whatsoever, but people are chucking their mortgages on Peter Fulton to score the most runs. Speaking of which, he joins us on the programme. Peter, good afternoon. How's the pressure? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, not 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 too much pressure. Um, yeah, look, I think I had I think a couple of years ago I had my day in the sun. So, yeah, I, if I was if I was a betting man, I'd be putting it on someone else. Have you spent a lot of time in the nets, Peter? Uh, no, no, I've been obviously <laughs> in my uh, obviously in my day job. I spend a lot of time in the nets, but most of it's uh, most of it's throwing balls to other people, not uh, not not facing them myself. So going in. Going in cold, and um, yeah, we'll hope for the best. Must be quite nice, though, Peter. I mean, you know, you go from that sort of professional environment. You do play in front of some big crowds, and there's all that excitement to being able to come back and just dip your toes in at the sort of celebrity type level. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about uh, some of the. I think some of the other players are would definitely fall in the celebrity category. Um, but yeah, it is a lot of fun. I think, like I say, when I played the first time, I played two years ago. Um, just, just great being around, you know, all all the the guys that a lot of guys that I you know played with in my career for the Black Caps. Um, but great to catch up with people you haven't seen for a while, and you just pick up where you left off, and you've always sort of I guess got that sort of common sort of um, common sort of bond. Um, you know, when you when you've played with people at that level, and then also the rugby guys, um, the rugby guys, all all the guys that play, you know, either either played cricket when they were young or or just love cricket, so. Yeah, great to great to be around some, you know, some some other um, fellow sportsmen or ex-sportsmen, and and just yeah, enjoy ourselves. I mean, someone who's used to sort of opening, someone that sort of thing. I'd imagine in your day, you're probably used to it coming in at 130, 140, 150k an hour. Um, is it harder facing rugby guys who are maybe not that quick, and perhaps the ball's not coming onto the bat as much? Oh uh, yeah, I, I think it's just probably the hard thing is. You know, I think anyone who plays in the game um, would probably be lying if they, you know, like there's, there's probably that tendency for the, the, the competitive juices just to kick in a little bit and you get out there and once the game starts and you think, well, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make a fool of myself. I don't want to embarrass myself. So you certainly, you know, I think that's probably most of the cricket guys are like, oh, well, I don't really want to get out to, you know, I don't really want to get out to a, to an ex-rugby player. Um, but But then... But then, like I said, then you sort of realise that it's, you know, it's all a bit of fun. It's um, it's all about entertainment for the crowd and the people watching on TV. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of a balance there. But yeah, I, you know, I think, like I said, everyone would be lying if they if they um, said they, you know, they weren't worried about getting out to an ex rugby player. Do these guys sledge you a bit? Are the rugby boys good at sledging? Yeah, they do. They actually they they talk look, two years ago. They, there's quite a lot of talk. Um, yeah, Israel Dag. He, I mean, I think he just talks non-stop the whole time, anyway. But um, yeah, yeah, they do. They take it. They take it very seriously. The rugby players. I was quite surprised. I thought they might have been reasonably relaxed about it. But, but yeah, they they are definitely taking it seriously, um, and you know, are doing their best. I remember um, two years ago, Hagley Mark Ellis. He got out for. I think he got a duck. I think he got out to Dan Victoria, and he was devastated. He was after the game. He was really gutted because you know <laughs> he'd been looking forward to it for a long time. And he wanted to come back, and yeah, you don't get another opportunity, do you? Uh, Peter, if you were to bowl, what do you bowl? Oh, well, when I was when I was a young fellow, I used to bowl medium pace. Um, so hopefully, 
hopefully I'm not going to have to be required to bowl tonight. Hopefully we've got, looking at our team, we've got a, we've got plenty of guys who bowl, so hopefully I won't be required to bowl. Mm. Um, yeah. uh, how many domestic first-class wickets did you take? Uh, I think I got 11. I think I got 11. I got Ross Taylor out. Um, I got Ross Taylor out in his first first class game, actually. So, which I uh, always used to remind him about. So, um, yeah, I bowled a little bit when I first started playing for Canterbury, um, and I had a few few sort of injury problems, um, problems with my knee. So, um, and I also once I sort of cemented my spot in the team as a batsman, I sort of gave up the bowling. I thought I don't need to. Yeah, I've just, I, don't need, I don't need to worry about I've, this. I've just jumped on ESP and crack and phone. They tell me your best bowling figures were four for forty nine. Do you remember the day? Yeah, yeah, I do. It was against Auckland, I think. Um, yeah, it was against Auckland. So, yeah, that was one of my first... I probably only played a handful of games at that stage. So, yeah, I don't know whether um, whether the whether, the, whether I sort of wasted an opportunity by not bowling. But, yeah, like I said, I don't think I was... I don't think I had a great future as a bowler. And how do you... Um, have you found the transition going from being a player to a coach? Are you a good coach? Is it something that came naturally to you? Or have you had to sort of work quite hard at it, as you do trying to work to make it as a cricketer? Yeah, I think you're always trying to. You can coaching's similar to a player in that you're always trying to get better, and you're always, I guess, figuring out ways to do things differently or, or better or how to improve. Um, yeah, but I, I, when I, I think when I played, it was always something I probably thought eventually I was going to get into. Um, you know, love the game. Um, really used to enjoy, you know, trying to help I guess young players when I was still playing. Um, so yeah, no, it's been it's it's been good. It's not the, you know, I don't think I say this to people. I I don't think you get the same you don't get the same highs as a coach as what you do as a player. Um, I think your best day best days as a player are always going to be better than your best days as a coach. Um, what about the but, same lows? You know, Do you get the same lows? Yeah, you don't. But, but yeah, I was just going to say you don't you don't get the same lows though either. My worst days, my worst days cricket as a player, um, far worse than as a coach because, yeah, I guess as a coach. You can't actually physically go out there and in the heat of the battle. Um, you're probably more responsible for the preparation before the game and then the, you know, the the, the aftermatch. You know what what you're trying to do afterwards in terms of analysing the performance and you know working out how you can mm. how you can be better. So yeah, like I said, it doesn't it doesn't certainly doesn't beat playing um, as far as the highs. But yeah, again, you know you probably when I when I go home after a game, I'm never I'm never as uh, I'm probably never as disappointed as what I was after my worst days as a cricketer. Mm, yeah, except these days when a team loses, it's always the coach that gets sacked, doesn't it? When you're a player, it's always the player that gets oh, sacked. Oh, yeah, always. <laughs> yeah, coaches, coaches' fault when you lose, players' fault when you yeah. win. That's, yeah. that's um, my and, motto. And what's the depth of Canterbury cricket like at the moment? Are you happy with the depth? Uh, yeah, really happy. Really happy. We've got, I guess, probably this season, we had three or four young players come through, sort of 20 to 22 new contracted players. Um and probably you probably might have thought that would have an impact on, I guess, performance with some young guys coming in who were just sort of finding their way at this level. But um, but yeah, our performances this year have been really good. We're we're right in the mix in all three competitions. Um, you know, we've got we've got six players over in over in India at the moment with the Black Caps. So so yeah, so there's there's certainly plenty of depth there. Mm. Yeah, you know, you came through Christ College, so the pathway in Christchurch is high school the stepping stone, or is it still a really strong club competition, and you still have to make your mark at a club level? Oh, look, I think there's still there's still a pathway through through, through the club system. Um, I, I think the you know the high schools in 
in Christchurch do a really good job in terms of developing our players. Um, a lot of them, a lot of the schools have got, um, you know, ex ex first class players or or cricketers who are very experienced past players. You know, sort of I guess involved either as teachers or as coaches in in the, in the school system. So a lot of the, a lot of the guys by the time they get to our level, um, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, um, have already you know have already had a a good amount of coaching from from players who, you know, or coaches who know who know what they're talking about. So, yeah, that's 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 probably the, the main pathway for, for local players in Canterbury through the school system. But um, yeah, there's still there's still definitely you know an avenue through through club cricket if you if you're sort of not one of the established players. You know, when you're 15, 16, 17. So, so you still do cater for the late developers, and there's a message in that for people out there: don't give up. You know, get into the club system, and if you're good enough, hey, we will look at you, and you will get selected. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was, you know, I was I was one of those late developers. Probably, I only I only just got called into the Canterbury Under 19 team for the national tournament. You know, the day before the tournament started, because someone else got injured. So, yeah, there's definitely mm. there's definitely a pathway there. Um, that's the beauty about cricket: is that. Mm. Um, you know, it, uh, it runs in wickets currency. If you can, if you can keep scoring runs and you keep taking wickets, then people are going to take notice. You mentioned the number of Canterbury players that are currently in the New Zealand side. Can you give us a little bit of a background on Henry Shipley? Um, I'm not that familiar with him. I'll be honest, um, but he is a Canterbury. I imagine you would have seen or had a bit to do with his development. Yeah, yeah. Um, Henry from um, grew up in grew up in sort of on a farm just outside of Darfield. Um, in, in Canterbury, so he went to he went to school in in, in Christchurch, St Andrews College. Really talented, um, you know, all rounder. Um, probably had a, had a few injuries over the last three or four years. Um, few injuries, which is pretty common for you know for, for sort of fast bowlers, which is I guess sort of slowed as or just reduced the amount of cricket he's played. But um, last year and this year in particular, really impressive. Scored runs for us batting at six and seven. Uh, opened the bowling, you know, in 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 all three forms of the game. Um, yeah, he looked a, you know, he looked a little bit nervous the other night at the start of his the start of his first spell. Um, but you know, he's he's playing against some of the best players in the world. Mm. Um, you know, and it's only going to, you know, it's not going to get any tougher than that. It's only, you know, some of the not every not every international team is going to be of the same quality as that Indian team they're playing at the moment. So, like I said, hopefully he can. He can get another. Hopefully, he gets another crack. Um, you know, in the next in the next two ODIs, and um, like like all those players when they start out, um, you know, you you probably your first few games are a bit of a wake up call of, gee, this is the this is the level and this is the stand that I need to get to. And um, like I said, he's a fast learner, so I'm sure I'm sure you know he's going to have a long career ahead of him. Mm, yeah, I want to ask you about that, Peter. I mean, you've been where most of us probably dreamed of growing up playing cricket. You have made your debut for New Zealand across the different formats. Just how nervous are you? Oh yeah, I mean, I made my debut in uh, ODI in Bangladesh, um, and yeah, I was incredibly nervous. Just you know, just I think it wouldn't matter who you're playing against, where you are playing, um, you're just naturally going to be be nervous because it's you know probably it's something that you know every kid who plays for New Zealand, I'd imagine, has has grown up since our little boy, probably dreaming about it. So. Um, yeah, it's it's that's half the battle really at international level. It's the best players are the ones who can um, who can go out and perform as if there's no pressure. Mm. You know, even though the reality is there is. Mm. Um, if you can 
if you can sort of find a way to to play like it doesn't matter um, and you can play with freedom, then um, yeah, that's, they're, they're, they're the players I think that end up having the most success. Okay, look, um, I do want to focus a little bit on the second one-day international tomorrow night between New Zealand and India, but look, just while we do have you here, there's going to come down to a bit of a discussion, I'm sure, when England are here for two tests, and the discussion's going to be around Canterbury's own Henry Nichols and Glenn Phillips, who's currently playing for Auckland, uh, in terms of who maybe bats five or six. Um, which way do you see this way going, and if do we stick with Henry Nichols? He's got a very track, good track record at home, but it hasn't been so good overseas in recent times. Or do we go with, I, I guess, the more exciting Glenn Phillips? Oh well, look, I mean, I'm, yeah, you could probably say I'm a little bit biased, but I would, I'd, I'd be selecting Henry. Um, I think he averages 37 in Test cricket still, even after a, you know a little bit of a you know lean run of late. Um, he's got eight or nine Test hundreds, I think. Um, Look, I think yeah, that's the that's the way I go. That's that's the way I think the selectors will go because I think they've shown in the past that you know they 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 stay sort of I guess loyal to the to the players that have done the job in the past. Glenn Phillips is a yeah, no doubt he's a really exciting player, um, you know. But I think Henry's got the track record of you know scoring scoring runs in in tough conditions against quality bowling attacks, and and England are going to have a, a quality bowling attack. So. Um, yeah, I think that's the way the way they'll go. Hopefully, that's the way they go from 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 my point of view as Canterbury coach. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a great series overall. Though, I think I think it's the way that England have played since Brendan McCullum took over. I think. Um, yeah, it's going to definitely be exciting to watch. Yeah, but competition's a good thing, isn't it? I mean, as I say, if you're going to stay number one, train as if you're number two, keep aspiring. And it's only got to be for good for New Zealand cricket that we do have that depth. Look, um, really good performance from the Black Caps the other night. I have no problem if they're losing, if they're in the fight. And India 349 for eight and replied New Zealand 337. A remarkable 100 being scored by Michael Bracewell, 140 in fact. How do you beat India in India? Clearly, I mean, you've got to play positively and I'd imagine you can't be in two minds. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, I mean, depending on the wicket, I mean, I think probably, I think probably, you know, the, the recipe for the Black Caps is probably to to win the toss and bat and like India did, post a big score. And if you post a big score, then you know you put you put pressure on even the, even some of the best players in the world um, make mistakes when they're you know when they're chasing seven, eight, and over. So yeah, I think they'll probably be pretty keen to. To win the toss, um, you know. In saying that, obviously, only one team can win the toss and one team can bat. So, yeah, they got to try and they got to try and find a way to to restrict the restrict it to a, a chaseable total. I mean, Michael Bracewell showed the other night, um, you know, what what can be done when obviously when it was almost probably a, a losing cause by the time he came out to bat. But yeah, that'll be that'll be the challenge. The challenge is for you know, mm. the games in India are generally. Those games, one-day games, are generally won by the, you know, by the the team that bats the best. Um, so, so yes, there's a couple more players can take a lead from Michael Bracewell, then it'll give us a good chance. Yeah, I mean, we lost, but it was almost a little bit of a victory. No Bolt, no Salvi, no Williamson. Bolt and Salvi, first time since 2010 we hadn't had either in a side. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the, like I said, we're playing one of the the, the best teams in the world in their own conditions. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely not going to be easy. Um, and like I said, we can probably take. I'm sure the players will probably take some confidence. They'll they'll look at the way Michael Bracewell played and say, well, you know, if he can play like that, then there's obviously there's some quality players in the top order that can play like that too. So, um, 
yeah, you'd, you'd hope that they'll take some confidence from that, and, and and like I said, hopefully, you know, hopefully take India head on in the second game. Okay, Peter. Look, lovely catching up, and um, yeah, look, all the very best tonight. So, you all convinced that you're not going to be the top scorer, and people shouldn't bet on you? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm not sure what the rules are. I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Um, okay, well, I might get in trouble with some of it. I'd like, like, like to said, say we can I, say in jest. Eh? All, 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 all I'll say, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not. Maybe I'm just. I'm not striking the ball very, very well in the nets lately. So, you know. So you're there People for, can do with that what they want. You're there for the taking, eh? You're there for the taking. Peter Fulton's there for the taking. <laughs> Maybe they should be betting on the bowlers. Anyway, we probably should leave it because it is a murky world and it's all in jest anyway. Peter, hey, look, lovely chatting to you and all the very best for tonight. No, yeah, thanks a lot.